there are so many people who are scrolling through all of those platforms all the time. The likelihood of your video getting picked up in the algorithm because of one share or one hashtag or whatever the situation may be, it's just pretty high and you probably will go viral. I don't think that that virality is as sustainable as podcast um, success. I think if you are able to get 100 downloads per episode, that is probably more worth it than a thousand, let's say, likes, views on your latest TikTok. Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, <laughs> anyone you. who want to learn more about marketing and to get new recommendations. Welcome. Today, we are going to discuss more about marketing, how you can use modern marketing, how you can get results and many other things. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with real Nissenblatt. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Ah, doing great. Looking forward. Want to learn more. I'm a student on this life, so I need to learn <laughs> to keep getting new skills. So, Ariel, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Sure. Yeah. So in the intro, which was the coolest thing I've ever seen, it said that I'm the head of community and content at Squadcast. But fun news is that as of about two Two weeks ago, I'm now the community marketing manager at Descript, which is a company that bought Squadcast. So the company that I worked for for about three years got acquired. So very fun news. Um, so I used to be the head of community and content at a remote recording platform that helps podcasters and video creators record in studio quality with anyone, anywhere, and at any time. And now I'm the uh, now I work in community and marketing at Descript, which is an all-in-one video and audio editor for video creators, podcasters, anybody who needs to be making digital content. And so now Squadcast is within Descript. So it's really, really great for creators. Just wanted to make that update for you. But yeah, I got into the creator space, the podcast space in 2017 when I started a podcast recommendation newsletter called Earbuds Podcast Collective. And I have held a few jobs since then in the podcast space, sometimes as an in-app curator, sometimes as a studio manager, sometimes as a podcast producer, and pretty much everything in between. I really tend to focus on marketing and show growth, how to get people to make the ideal show for, for themselves, but also for their ideal listener, and then how to, how to help listeners find their next favorite show. Nice, nice. Awesome. I love your experience. Yeah, great experience. And I want to start with my first question about how to build a community. <laughs> you know, if, if you work in this field, uh, I think it's important to build community if you want to get results um, in any marketing. And I know some companies that have big community they don't spend uh, a lot of time with promotion because community can do it you know so can you tell uh, uh what to do how to start what to do first i mean like or any checklist that you can share with my audience to build a loyal audience and community <laughs> yeah i think the first thing is that not everybody needs a community or can sustain a community a lot of people hear that they should be starting a community, but what what does that even mean, starting a community? I think too many people, um, you know, they hear advice on the internet that's like, you got to start a community. It's the only way to retain customers or to get people to read all of your blogs or listen to all of your podcasts. But not everybody wants to be grouped together into a community. So you first need to think about why the community that you're offering is unique and what 
can you do that these people will not get elsewhere? Um, I would also, I also put a really large emphasis when building community on what that community wants to get out of being grouped together. So for example, when I started the job at Squadcast in 2020, um, you know, it had been a product that was around for a while and there were people that were using Squadcast in various ways. And some of them, you know, would group together on Facebook groups to have discussions about how to use Squadcast. Some of them would, would come together at in-person events to discuss um, podcasts to discuss remote recording and specifically using Squadcast, but there was no formal community on the internet or in real life where Squadcasters were getting together to discuss, right, from Squadcast. There was no Squadcast-centered, um, you know, from our from our headquarters, there was nobody who was saying, okay, this is the community. This is where we're going to gather. This is how we're going to gather, and this is what we're going to be doing. So when I joined, that was my job, was to figure out how these people wanted to be grouped together, how often they wanted to meet, where they wanted to meet, and what what was the goal of that community. So the first thing I did was I put out a survey in our newsletter that went out every week to all of our customers and then even people who had just signed up for our newsletter list. And I just said, what does community mean to you? How many communities are you already a part of? How much time do you have to dedicate to this community? And what do you want? You know, should we be meeting on Slack? Should we be meeting on Discord? Should we be meeting in Facebook groups? Should we be meeting somewhere else entirely? And how much time do you specifically want to dedicate to this community? Because I understand that you use Squadcast to record your podcast, but you might use Buzzsprout to host your podcast. You might use Descript to edit your podcast. You might use Pro Tools to edit your podcast. And these are all places that are internet-based that probably have communities that you can join in some way. So why do you want to spend time actually with the Squadcast community? So those are some of the questions that I asked. Yeah, nice. I think it's foundation of any marketing. You need to learn your audience to think how to satisfy the audience to, yeah, uh, as you did now to learn more about your audience. Yeah, love it, love it. Awesome. And um, I, I want to ask about marketing strategy. Can you tell your methods how to create the right strategy? I mean, like, uh, because uh, I see when companies use generic strategies or analyze com competition and replicate uh, methods that they use, ignoring strong sites, ignoring uh, unique selling proposition, many other things. So give tips how to create the right strategy in marketing, especially about podcast. Oh, so how do you, how do you grow your podcast, marketing your podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah huge to question. strategy before, yeah. Yeah, huge question. Every podcast needs to be doing something different in order to get their podcast out to their ideal listener. But I think the first thing to think about is who is your ideal listener? What do you want out of the show that you are making? You know, just saying I want tens of thousands of listeners so that I can make tens of thousands of dollars is not enough of a marketing strategy. We need to figure out who your ideal listener is and what they have and why you want to get in front of them. And are they the product or are you selling them a product or are you the product? You have to be thinking about what you have to leverage, what they have to leverage and how all of these things are going to come together. So for example, if you have a pod podcast about B2B leadership about business leadership or something like that you don't necessarily need 100,000 downloads per episode you could get away probably with a thousand downloads per episode if those 1,000 people were the right people so how do you get in front of those people how do you make sure that your show is unique how do you make sure that you stand out in a sea of other b2b podcasts 
Um, one of one way to do that is to listen to a lot of other B2B podcasts, a lot of your quote unquote competition. I would encourage you not to see them as competition, but to see them as potential collaborators and listen to them, see how they do things. Listen to hear if you like what they do. If they do something that you don't like, how can you make your show something that you do like, something that your potential listeners that might already be listening to them are not getting from them, but maybe you can fill in that gap. So I think the first thing to do is really figure out where you, you, you are uniquely situated in the world of your podcast category. That's step number one for marketing is it's not even marketing. It's really just audience research beforehand. And it's also important to figure out what you are most talented at speaking on and what you what genuinely gets you excited. Because if you want to make a podcast and you choose it based on it, you choose your podcast topic based on a market gap, that might not be enough motivation for you to continue for a long time. So it definitely needs to be something that it's clear that you have excitement for. Um, and then I think beyond that, it's about being aware of the landscape, being aware of how you fit into the landscape, and then figuring out who you should be collaborating with, and then figuring out um, how those collaborations are going to bring you forward. And if something is not serving you, moving on from one collaborative partner to another. Those are just some some uh, initial strategies when it comes to marketing your show. Nice. You know, Ariel, uh, you can lead me to an emergency room where I can spend time to consume all your insights because I usually uh, don't create a list of questions, but when you share this value, I want to ask one question, then I want to ask the second, <laughs> and you know, so I need to spend time to consume all this information to listen this episode twice. <laughs> okay, Ariel, uh, yeah, I agree with you about vanity metrics. You know, when people are chasing number of downloads, it's the same like to get more traffic. And remember when I spoke with webmaster who lost 400,000 traffic, a lot of traffic, he, he spent so much time resources to get this traffic but he didn't lose any sales so uh, google dropped his ranking positions and this traffic didn't convert wow. uh, that's why i completely agree with you uh, it's better to think about the target audience uh, and uh, connect with your product so uh, your uh, podcast episodes should cover sales funnel medium funnel, uh, top funnel, even top funnel, bottom funnel, anything. But yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I want to ask about patience. Uh, according to some studies, most uh, podcasters can give up in some time. And uh, if I remember exactly the number, like uh, yeah. most podcasters uh, don't record uh, more than eight episodes because they can't get results. Personally, I have no idea how to get results from eight episodes if you are not uh, Joe Rogan. So if you have no <laughs> such big audience recognition. So can, can you tell about patience? Because uh, you mentioned you need to enjoy the process, yeah. you need to love it. I think without love, without passion, it's better to skip it. You can find many other formats, writing, <laughs> design, you know. Yeah, because if you don't enjoy to speak, communicate, with others like you, because, you know, I, when you speak, I, I see it's your passion, you know, you <laughs> love it. <laughs> so tell about patience more, yeah. how to be patient and stick with that. Well, I'll <laughs> give my own example, and it's not even necessarily podcast specific. It's my career. I discovered podcast listening in 2014, and I loved it. I just was a listener first, and I did not want to stop listening. I listened constantly. I was learning new things all the time, learning about places, people, things, concepts that I'd never been exposed to before because 
the volume that I was consuming podcasts at was just much, much faster than the volume that I could read. So I loved podcast listening. And I really, after about a year, I was like, you know what, I will do whatever it takes to work in podcasting. I want to get paid to work in podcasting. And I had to be really patient because I had no experience. I had recently graduated from university and I studied geography. I did not study radio. I did not study marketing. I did not study PR. I just loved podcasts and was looking for an in. So I had moved to Los Angeles. This was in 2016. And I continued to listen to podcasts and I continued to reach out to everybody that I could possibly find on the internet who was involved with podcasts who lived in Los Angeles. And I asked if I could go get a coffee with them. And I asked about their career. And I asked if they knew about any opportunities for recent college grads who were interested in podcasting but had zero experience. And I just kept plugging and plugging and plugging. And slowly but surely, things came to fruition for me. I started a podcast recommendation newsletter in 2017 because nobody was hiring me because I realized that I needed to make my own position. I needed to sort of prove that I was interested in this. Even if nobody would hire me, I still wanted to work in podcasting. So I started that newsletter and that newsletter helped me to meet more people and to have conversations with more people and then expose my resume to more people who would potentially be interested in hiring somebody who didn't have experience, but now had a little bit experience, a little bit of experience because now at least she had this newsletter and she was showing initiative. And then that led to me being the studio manager at a co-working space. And the reason I was able to do that was because I pitched the idea of a studio to a co-working space. And even though I didn't really know what I was doing, at least I had a tiny bit of experience. And then while I was there, I met other people and it just kept going and going and going. And I was extremely patient and I didn't get a full-time job in podcasting until 2019. So that was from 2016 to 2019. I was cobbling together a bunch of different jobs and also teaching at Hebrew school on this. I was just doing a lot in order to make ends meet, but all because I really wanted to work in podcasting. And I think this applies to patients when it comes to actually putting out your podcast, because you cannot put out a podcast and expect that it's just going to blow up. It might happen for some people. It is possible that your idea really is just great and your personality is just great and your marketing is just so that it hits the right people at the right time and word of mouth kicks in and this person tells this person and all of a sudden you're on Apple Podcasts new and noteworthy and then you're charting and then more and more people know about you and then you're making dollars. That is possible, but it doesn't happen for a lot of people. What does end up happening for a lot of people is that they start making a show and it's fun for them to make the show and maybe they get a little traction here, a little traction there. They get to talk to somebody that they wouldn't otherwise get to talk to. They get to test out technology that they wouldn't otherwise get to test out. And over time, the small things add up and it is worth it for them to be doing this podcast, but it's also because it is contributing to their overall overall portfolio, not necessarily because the podcast is the thing that's paying them. So for example, right now I do a lot of things in the podcast space. My full-time job, I work at Descript, which I mentioned a little bit ago. But on the side, I run this podcast recommendation newsletter just for fun. I also host a podcast about podcast trailers, and I also host a podcast about podcast recommendations. I also help people grow their show. I do a little bit of consulting on the side to help people figure out how to grow their show, who they should be targeting, how to monetize, things like that. And all of this sort of just contributes to me being a person who loves podcasts. And one of those things might be able to sustain itself on its own, but all of these things contribute to who I am as a person at this point in my career. And it all took a long time. And even the podcasts that I have, they're not huge podcasts. They're not hundreds of thousands of downloads. They're maybe a couple thousand downloads on the episodes that are really, really popular. And that is okay because 
what are they doing? They, they, they allow me to have a podcast. They allow me to say that I have a podcast about podcast recommendations and a podcast about podcast trailers. And that just contributes to who I am overall as a person. So if you in the audience, you're listening to this later and you're thinking, you know, my podcast about business, about business leadership, it's not getting, it's not even getting 500 downloads per episode. It's getting 200. And, and you know what? It's kind of demoralizing. I'm getting kind of sad about it. I would encourage you to say, okay, but it allows you also to say, I have a podcast and I can put that on my website. And then if people want to learn more about me, even if it's five people a week who are considering my services, they can go and listen to my podcast and see that I'm really learned in this topic area and that I have other people who trust me enough to be guests on my show. And that might contribute to them buying your services, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean that your podcast is getting tens of thousands of downloads, but you are getting five or 10 people who are going to be worth thousands of dollars if they choose to spend with you. So think about it as a portfolio. Yeah. Awesome. I, I love your perseverance, you know, yeah, <laughs> very encouraged, you know, yeah, inspirational. And, uh, uh, oh, and I'll just say yeah, my podcast newsletter that I've been running since 2017 it has about 6,000 people that receive it right now. But when I started, I sent it to 50 people and it took a really long time for me to get traction. And that was a long time ago. I think I should have way more than 6,000 people who subscribe to the newsletter, but I'm never going to stop because I love doing it. And because it allows me to say that I have a newsletter, it allows people to have a reason to reach out to me. It allows me to have a reason to reach out to other people. And there are just so many reasons that I do it beyond just the numbers, beyond just the dollars that come in. I also get to employ somebody who helps me run the newsletter and she's a recent college grad. So I wish I had this job when I was a recent college grad. So I just, there's a number of reasons that I do what I do beyond just the dollar amount, beyond just the, the recognition, whatever it is. I do think it's important to, stick at it and eventually things will come about. If you want to go viral, if you if you have a if you want to talk about business leadership and and you want to be known as somebody who talks about business leadership, having a podcast is great because it's long form, people will get to know you. But if you really want to go viral and you want to just meet a lot of people, post on TikTok, post on Reels, post on Shorts every single day and I I'm not going to promise you, but you will very likely go viral just because there are so many people who are scrolling through all of those platforms all the time. The likelihood of your, your video getting picked up in the algorithm because of one share or one hashtag or whatever the situation may be, it's just pretty high and you probably will go viral. I don't think that that virality is as sustainable as podcast um, success. I think if you are able to get a hundred downloads per episode, that is probably more worth it than a thousand, uh, let's say likes views on your latest TikTok And, it might sound like that's kind of crazy, but I, I really do think that the people who stick around for your podcast are more loyal than the people who stick around for your TikToks. That's just what I'm finding at this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Yeah, love it. Love it. Yeah, And I agree. Yeah, you don't need to think about uh, the number of people, especially if you started something. And I remember the host of marketing book podcast today this podcast is very famous and uh, it's like in the top 10 on forbes uh, of uh, business podcast and the host of this podcast uh, said that the first episode he got two downloads in the second zero in the third zero <laughs> you know? so yeah but yeah for me it's like uh, for example I, I love playing basketball nobody pays for my hobby right but i keep doing <laughs> i keep doing because it's you might be famous and... one day though <laughs> yeah and uh, I, I know I, I can't beat uh, any 
even medium level basketball players, but uh, I love it. You know, it's my hobby, and I think it's the same with podcast. At any format, you need. That's to how I am it. with tennis. I really love tennis. I'm not good, but I love it, and I will continue to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome. And uh, I think everyone needs to have a few uh, hobbies, you know, uh, except the, their jobs, because the job is the first hobby for anyone if you don't like your job and 17% of people hate their jobs it's mm. terrible but if you love it it's yeah uh, you you can enjoy the process you can uh, get happiness but uh, except your job you need to have a few hobbies like for example i like playing basketball soccer yeah yeah i have more ho- than two hobbies <laughs> okay ariel i want to ask about uh, creating non-boring podcast. It's interesting. <laughs> Once I spoke with Jim Edwards, uh, he worked in Business Insider 10, year, 10 years. He started on this company from scratch. Then company was sold for $500 million. Great success. And he told me that success of Business Insider depends on creating non-boring content. Uh, if we are talking about B2B business, it's boring. Most content is boring, uh, but uh, Business Insider found the way how to create non-boring content. Can you tell how to do it? Because most of my audience are uh, business-oriented, B2B. They want to <laughs> find the way. I mean, like uh, how to retain. But if you can't retain your audience uh, to listen longer, uh, to give a strong reason to listen more episodes, so um, people leave it, forget about your podcast. Tell any tips how to do it. (laughs) Yeah, how to not be boring. Yeah. First thing to do is listen to the boring podcast and figure out where you trail off. I would listen, put, put, put your headphones on, go for a walk. And every time you start to lose interest, figure out, mark that down, figure out where you lost interest and then go back and figure out what is recurring there. And maybe it's the person went on too long. Maybe the question asker, just wasn't asking the right questions. Maybe the person answering the questions was going on for too long and they probably should have been edited. Maybe they're not even choosing the right guests. So figure out what they're doing that you do not like, but then also listen through and figure out what they're doing that you do like, figure out what does keep your attention. And then beyond that, you're probably going to want to pivot completely because if you're a business podcaster, you're, you're probably very likely to be doing an interview show. You know, oh, I talk with business leaders about their journey. I talk with marketers about how they got to where they are today. I talk to, um, you know, engineers about their favorite tools. Um, that's boring, right? <laughs> it's just too many of the same. It's too many people just asking questions. So first of all, consider a different format. It could be maybe you take yourself out of the equation entirely, and maybe you just have your interviewee answer questions asynchronously, and then you pop your voice in afterwards and you narrate their story. Maybe you ask them questions that are a little bit off the beaten path. So it's not, where did you go to school and where did you have the, the idea for your product? Where did you, when did you first start displaying characteristics of leadership? Maybe it's not that, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's a show where you say, how are you not the leader that you want to be? Try to find a way to flip everything that you're doing on its head and then make a splash about that. Make a splash about what makes your show different from the ones that are similar to it in tone, in texture, in scope, in in the categorization of it. So I think like even, and this is just a ridiculous example, but like say you do have a regular degular podcast where you interview business leaders about how they got to where they are today, but you do it while sitting outside on hammocks. That is 
at least a little bit different. You do it, you know, in the breeze, in the cool breeze. You know, business people are so buttoned up. They're always wearing collared shirts. But you, you take your people outside and when you interview them, you let them relax a little bit. So people are just a little bit more relaxed. And I hope you hear that when you hear our interviews. So there's just little things that you can do that just make it a little bit more exciting and make it exciting both for the interviewee, but also for the people who are listening. What are they going to get that is different that they can't get from another show. And the only way you can do that is if you become a podcast listener. I beg you, if you are making a podcast and you're not listening to podcasts, please consider at least listening to a few podcasts. Some of those podcasts should be podcasts in your topic area, in your niche. But then you should also listen to some podcasts that are that, that relate to your hobbies basketball podcasts, soccer podcasts, knitting podcasts, if you like knitting. Listen to something else to figure out the craft. You're not going to become an author if you don't read books. So please don't also become a podcaster if you don't take part in the craft. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Awesome, awesome. Uh, I want to ask about uh, monetization. You know, for example, if you're talking about Joe Rogan, uh, he got this contract, $100 million. Yeah, awesome contract with Spotify. Uh, and uh, I think many podcasters can do the same, but uh, my audience are looking for ways how to sell their products, not uh, paid marketing uh, advertisement. So can you tell how to do it? I mean, like, for example, if uh, B2B uh, especially want to get results to sell existing products uh, and most of them have no time to spend, uh, I mean, like, to prepare, to learn how to do it. For example, I think, you know, once I search about Jorogan, um, not Jorogan, I search about uh, podcast keywords on iChiras and I found uh, many, many keywords with Jorogan. If you search for podcast, I mean, like uh, one of 10 uh, has uh, Jorogan name. <laughs> so, but uh, I think um, uh, my audience is different. They want to sell their product. So tell more about call to action, about covering a buying persona, a sales funnel, and uh, yeah, how, how to do it right. <laughs> sure. Um, okay, so... C consider that most of them have no time. They're so busy now with... Uh, but they have their products already products. developed, and they're yeah, probably available on their website, and you want to send people to the website so they might make a purchase. I mean, I think just to give a few tips, if you are... If on your show, at the beginning of the show and at the end of your show, you say, I have a special offer available on my website. You can go to arielnismalette.com slash download now. Um, that's boring as hell. Why? What am I going to do with that? What am I getting out of that? And also, I highly recommend changing up your call to action from episode to episode. Maybe telling a story about the reason people should go and download your thing or buy your course or whatever the situation may be. There is a really great show that just started called Wait For It um, from a creator named Ronald Young Jr. And it's about weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, weight uh, being heavy. And it's about um, it, it's about body image. It's amazing. He does a really, really great job. But to talk not about the content of the show at all, he, he's talking about ad advertisers that he has. So at the beginning of the show, he does an ad read for a mattress at the beginning of the show, at the middle of the show, he does an ad read for a mattress. And at the end of the show, he also does an ad read for a mattress. They're all the same mattress, but he tells a different part of the story for each ad. And I think that that is something that creators can be doing when they are also trying to get people to purchase their courses or their free download not purchase or to download their free resource or whatever the situation may be, try to figure out a creative way to tell people the reason that you have a course or the reason that you have this downloadable resource available. 
you know, at the beginning, you can uh, Malcolm Gladwell is a, another podcast creator who does this really well when he's selling uh, for like car insurance, even or a product that you would think doesn't really have a story behind it. But there's always a story behind it. Always try to figure out what is the thing that makes this unique and how can I tell a story in three parts? How can I make sure people are listening to me talk about this at the beginning, middle and end? Make sure that you are treating it as an advertisement, but also that that advertisement is interesting, that you're you're not just saying, hey, go and download my resource. You're saying, like, let's give me for an example. Um, you know, say you wanted to buy my uh, podcast consulting. Um, at the beginning of my podcast about podcast recommendations, I might say, hey, before we get to the show, I want to tell you about a special offer that I've got going on for International Podcast Month, which is September. Did you know that? I am giving away... Uh, podcast coaching courses for 50% off. I'm so excited to tell you about that. First, we're going to get into the show and I'll come back in the middle of the show to tell you why I'm doing 50% off. And then we would go about the show and then I'd say, hey, I'm back here to tell you why I'm giving 50% off. I am so excited that September is International Podcast Month. September is actually my birthday month, so I love doing nice things for people on my birthday month. I think it comes back to me. And at the end of the show, I'm going to tell you how to redeem that offer. And then I'll go about the rest of the show. And then I'll say, oh, thanks for listening. Pass the credits because you made it here. If you use code puppies, I really like puppies at arielnismlet.com. When you're buying your consulting course with me, I'm going to give you 50% off just because you stuck around and because you clearly love podcasts. So like find a way to keep people interested throughout. And then also you can keep that going for a few episodes in a row. But I would also consider changing it up every few episodes because people are going to get used to it. And if it didn't convert them after the third time, try again with a different conversion tactic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Uh, once I read a list of mistakes that podcasters do, and uh, the number one mistake was not to start a podcast. <laughs> and well, uh, I remember yeah, uh, I had a few conversations with my clients and I recommend to anyone start your podcast uh, and uh, I often get the reply my competitors don't do it yeah it's opportunity that, that's cool if your competitors ignore you can be the first to get results in this niche and uh, we still have a lot of space in podcasts so you can earn new audience and uh, can you tell uh, what to do if someone started from scratch for example uh, some companies have great products good products uh, have other channels but uh, i think they register everywhere instagram facebook uh, i think uh, everyone has these accounts Oh, no, no, my son has no Facebook. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he has uh, TikTok, Snapchat. He told me I don't need Facebook. Okay, uh, so it depends. But uh, if you're talking about podcasts, most companies have no podcast. So can you tell what to do if you started completely from scratch? What if you start a podcast completely from scratch? Yeah, if, if someone do? wants to start podcast but don't know where to start, what to do first. I mean, like, yeah, of course, uh, you can register, you can spend time, but your tips uh, or list, <laughs> what to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm just writing something down so I remember to come back to it. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to say this again because I really want to hammer it home. Please listen to other podcasts before you start a podcast. You might not need a podcast and that kind of goes counter and counterpoint to what you just said. But no, not everybody needs a podcast. Um, and not everybody should continue their podcast if they're not seeing growth after 
50 episodes. It could just not be right for you. You may not be a great host. And I hope that there's somebody in your life who loves you enough to tell you that this is not working for you. This is harsh, but it could be true. Maybe you're a better writer. Maybe you're somebody who's better on video than you are on audio. It is possible that you need to hear that and that's okay. But for the folks who really do want to experiment with podcasting, I think something that you should definitely do is please listen to other podcasts. So I, there, you would not believe the number of people that I do consulting with that I say to them something like, do you, do you listen to podcasts? And they say, no, not really. And I say, I can kind of tell because you're, it doesn't follow any pattern. It doesn't follow anything that makes sense to somebody who listens to podcasts. And to a certain extent, going off the beaten path is good. But in order to go off the beaten path, you have to know what the path is. So please, please at least know what other people are making and then veer off the beaten path from there. So I think that's the first thing I would do. Uh, the next thing I would do, of course, you have to get your tech stack in order. So figure out who's going to be your podcast hosting site, figure out who's going to be your editing software, figure out who's going to be your remote recording software, figure out your microphone, your headphones, figure out all of the interfaces that you might need, and then make sure that you plan out season one. And that can look like five episodes. It can look like 10 episodes. It can look like 52 episodes. Maybe you want to put one out every single week for a year, but make sure that you outline what season one is going to look like and make sure that you have a general outline for each episode. You know, it depends on the type of show that you want to make, but it could be a chat show. It could be you speaking with other entrepreneurs. It could be you speaking with business leaders, founders, tech folks. Um, but it also, like I mentioned before, it could be you interviewing people asynchronously and then coming in afterwards and offering some narration that that might be a little bit harder to do. It's, it's definitely is a lot more, um, on the production side of things and the post-production side of things, but it could be a more interesting route for you to take. So make sure that you have planned all of that out. Make sure that you've also built marketing into every step of your production process. So where within your show can you insert opportunities to work with other people? Where can you make sure that you're leaving space at the beginning, middle, and end for pre-roll, post-roll, or mid-roll campaigns where you could be doing swaps with other podcasters. Make sure that you, if you have a show that you think is going to be engaging of your target audience, maybe you're going to accept voice clips from that target audience. And then you can place those voice clips into your show after a few episodes. Once things start getting ramped up, people visit your website and submit things to you. So make sure that you've got all of this in the can, or at least you're aware of what all the possibilities are for your podcast and for marketing your podcast. And the way you can do that is by listening to other shows and figuring out how they do things. And I don't mean to make it sound so simple that if you listen to other shows, you're going to be okay. That's definitely not true, but it will help you because you'll know where you stand and how other people who have come before you do it and how they've been successful. Yeah. Nice. You remind me, Mr. Beast. Um, he said something like this about YouTube. And uh, he started to learn about YouTube to consume uh, all videos on YouTube, most videos. And he spent like 10 hours wow. a day wow. to watch videos, to uh, to figure out why people are watching these videos, why uh, YouTube can recommend such videos, uh, why people love these videos. So he spent time to learn um, and he couldn't get results for an year and a half if i remember correctly like uh, he got first thousand subscribers after 18 months <laughs> but he couldn't give up uh, by the way you know my opinion uh, it's not a bad thing to give up 
if you suck. No, if you, you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Especially if you're the... not enjoying it. I think too many people say, oh, I have to do it now that I've started, but you don't. Yeah, yeah. Find another format, as you mentioned, writing, uh, many TikTok. great formats. Maybe you're yeah, better with not? short form. You know, maybe maybe you are really better at just doing trends on TikTok. Like, you know, say you're selling a product, say you're selling a course. I know a lot of really successful TikTok creators who will stitch things or will repost something if it's on an Instagram reel. And they're ju they just do a really great job responding to other creators. And then that drives people to their business. It is not shameful if you try out a content creation method and it does not work for you. That is okay. You you did a great thing by experimenting. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Ariel, I want to ask about your experience. Yeah, you shared your story. I love your story. But I want to ask if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, what will you do today differently if it's your first day in podcast industry? I would... Well, it depends because for me, I like to do everything, right? I like to be marketing. I like to be hosting. I like to be editing. I like to be aware of all the creator tools that can help with post-production and social media marketing. But let's say, let's just pick one persona. Let's say that I wanted to become a host and I really love soccer and I really wanted to host a podcast about soccer. What would I do? First thing I would do is... I would go to Apple Podcasts and I would go to the sports category and I would, you probably know where I'm going with this, I would see what podcasts are trending right now. I would listen to them. I would take notes on them. I would transcribe them. I would figure out what, what topics they discuss and what they're not discussing. And I would try to figure out based on the topics that they're not discussing where I can fit myself in. And then I would reach out to the creators that are doing really well on there. And I would ask them to have conversations with me about what they think that their show is doing really well and where, where they think a new creator could come in and offer something that they're not offering again, not as a competitive, um, not as something that's competitive, but as something that could potentially be complementary to their show. Maybe there's room for collaboration in there. So I would try to build relationships with the creators that are there already. And I would also reach out to creators on other platforms, not just podcasts. I would go to TikTok and I would figure out who is posting about soccer. And I would try to see if I can appear in videos with them. And I, I would try to see if there are people blogging about soccer and maybe they would mention my podcast or my website. Maybe they would link back to me. I would try to get people to associate my name with the word soccer. And more specifically, once I figure out my niche within soccer, I would try to get them to associate me with women's soccer or me with soccer for youths or me with soccer for women over the age of 30 or whatever the situation may be. Um, so that's probably what I would do first. I would also become very familiar with the podcast landscape. So who are the remote recording tools? Who are the, um, editing softwares who are all of the players that I should be aware of that might potentially be interested in offering their services to me for free if I advertise for them. So those are some of the things that I would do. Nice. Yeah. I, I love your tips, you know, because in most cases I can get tips like, uh, uh, learn from courses, you know, yeah. uh, read best practices, but no. what <laughs> yeah, are the best practices know. though? Give me something specific. <laughs> You know? Yeah. <laughs> I think best practices are good for someone. But, sure. Uh, but what are the best practices? Not... I got to know. <laughs> uh, yeah. If it's not your strong side, for example, some are great with uh, to interview people. Someone can uh, 
be solo you know so it depends you you need to find your uh strong side and uh, don't copy others yeah just yeah. be yourself and ariel i have my final question yes please yeah about the future you know i want to ask you take your crystal ball <laughs> and let us know what kind of future will be because we have ai today apple is going to launch augmented reality facebook tried to create Uh, virtual reality. I don't know. Many things are coming. Technologies are uh, growing fast. So tell what kind of future will be in podcast industry in your vision. I hope, I, I, I think predictions are so difficult. I have hopes. One hope is that creators will continue to get paid or get paid better for the content that they're putting out there, that there will be more startups and companies that come about that do a great job splitting um, revenue for creators. I hope that more advertisers enter the space. And I actually, I I'll predict that. I do think more advertisers, more brands, services, products will realize the value of advertising to podcast audiences because they're so plugged in. They care about their hosts so much. And I hope that more creators take it upon themselves to pitch their podcast to advertisers that they love and come to them with a media deck and say, here's why you should advertise to my audience. And here's what I am charging for that. I hope more people do that so that more brand services, products, whatever, get into the space, see positive returns, and then continue to spend on more podcasts. I hope that that continues to be, the, or I hope that continues to ramp up. Um, that's one of my predictions. The other prediction when it comes to AI, I guess specifically is, Um, I think there will be more and more tools that come out in the next year that will help you with your workflow and with your, with social media content generation. I think for a while they are not going to be good. And because of that, please rely on the humans who do it really well. Um, and even when they become good, consider the fact that humans are still probably going to do it better and we'll have a better grasp on what audiences want than the AI tools. Look, I'm, I'm not saying that AI won't be able to do this. I just, it kind of makes me sad. <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I think if AI don't kill all human being, we can use the tools, you know, <laughs> yeah. To, uh, yeah, to adapt. Uh, Ariel, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. I love it. So valuable. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you, how to listen all your podcasts. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you Google me, Ariel Nissenblatt, I am the only person who comes up because as far as I know, I'm the only person with this name. I would love to be proven wrong. So please let me know planet, if you yeah. are Ariel Nissenblatt. But yeah, for the most part, if you Google me, you'll find my podcast, you'll find my newsletter, you'll find everything you need. Yeah, guys, you can find the link in the description below. You don't need to Google. You just open <laughs> just the click. link. You know? <laughs> yeah, just click and uh, follow Ariel on social media. Listen to all podcasts because you can see a lot of valuable insights. I personally do it. I follow. Uh, I'm going to listen podcast because I need more value. I need to think how to develop my podcast, how to uh, adapt this technology to my clients. So yeah, love it, love it. So valuable and recommend to anyone to follow Ariel. It's a big pleasure. Thank Again. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Ariel. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime. Share more valuable insights. Guys, I recommend to anyone to follow Ariel. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon.
on other valuable audio podcasts.